Welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast. This is episode number 414. It's the first episode of August of 2023, and it means we have a new giveaway going on. So be sure to go to exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast, and you can enter to win some calls from our friends at the Born and Raised Call Company. If you're elk hunting this year and you're interested in some new calls, whether that's a bugle, diaphragm, uh, external cow call, you can get it all in the Cat Road Shuffle Kit. That's the prize for this month. So be sure to go get entered for that if you're interested. We actually have been running the giveaways all summer for the full month, but just for some very practical reasons, uh, primarily that I'm going to be completely offline the later half of this month hunting sheep we're going to run this giveaway for a shorter period of time so let's do it through august 14th that'll be the last day to enter and that way we can make sure that we pick the winner and also can get you those calls before september so that you can use them on an elk hunt this fall so again the prize is the cat road shuffle kit you can check out more in the show description uh, go to exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast to see exactly what that prize is, what it contains, and to get entered. All right. Well, speaking of a new month, uh, we have a lot of great podcasts coming this month, particularly with our before and after the hunt series. So with listeners of the show, just like you, we've recorded some great episodes about their hunting plans and the trips that they have coming up this year. And so just stay tuned for a lot of those episodes to come as we hear about, man, just all different types of species and hunts and times of the year and how listeners like yourself are planning for those hunts. And then, of course, later this year, we'll talk with them after the hunt to hear how things went, the lessons they learned, and a whole lot more. So we do have quite a few of those episodes coming this month, as well as different other episodes and interviews and topics coming In today's episode, I welcome back Michael from Really Right Stuff. We did a previous podcast with him all about tripods and really understanding tripods and tripod selection, some of the pros and cons on different types of heads, for example, with a ball head versus a pan head, and kind of got into the nitty gritty um, on tripods. Today, I had Michael back, not to talk so much about product, but to talk about technique specifically with shooting a rifle from a tripod. This has been growing more and more in popularity over the last handful of years among hunters in particular. And as I have begun to shoot my rifle with a tripod, I realized I had a lot of misconceptions before I started doing it, that once I actually did start shooting with a tripod, I realized some of the things I thought would be the case were not the case. In this conversation with Michael, we talk about tips and technique. We break down different positions, such as using a tripod all the way from the ground, from a prone position to a sitting position, a kneeling position, a standing position. We get tips and techniques on shooting from a tripod in all those positions, uh, how to manage your weight and your balance, how to use a tripod for unconventional support, so maybe like a rear support, and a whole lot more. So if you have any interest at all, maybe you're brand new to it, maybe you've been trying to shoot with a tripod for a while, but you don't feel like you quite have it down yet, I can guarantee you there's some takeaways in this conversation uh, for you. 
If you want to learn more about Michael, really right stuff, the products that they have and what they're up to, again, there will be links in the show description for all of that. As always, just uh, so appreciate you guys tuning in. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe or follow in the podcast app so that you receive all future episodes automatically. And then also, if you're enjoying the show, just consider sharing it with a friend or leave a rating or review in whatever podcast app that you're using. That really does help us out tremendously. But right now, let's dive into this conversation with Michael from Really Right Stuff. Well, Michael, uh, welcome back to the podcast, man. I'm uh, excited to chat with you again um, and really dive more into tripods and get more specific today on kind of some shooting uh, aspects of tripods, not just selecting a tripod or using one for glassing, but really kind of dive into using a tripod with a rifle. So I guess, you know, we did more of your your background and context for who you are, um, your role with RRS and all that. But I guess let me start here as we roll into shooting with tripods. On that note specifically, what's your background and experience? Um, yeah, thanks for having me back. Uh, I enjoyed the first one a lot. Excited to be back. Um, my experience shooting off tripods, um, military competitions uh, was a lot of fun. We talked about it in the history on the first go around where that was my first real getting into it in competitions was the military competitions. Um, that's where I saw the need for uh, better tripods. And then um, when we started pushing into uh, PRS uh, initially, um, that's where, you know, everything from tripods started. And when I go to matches, even though it's probably not beneficial to my points, uh, I try to shoot off of tripods as much as possible just to see what's needed, what can be fixed, um, sort of doing the R&D side of it uh, while I'm enjoying myself and talking to the customers. Yeah. But yeah, that's the main thing is um, shooting at competitions and lately um, being in the prone has hurt my chest a lot. So I am always at the range and I am shooting from a tripod all the time at the range. Um, this last weekend I went out and I just opened up my car door. I'm at a completely private range, parked the car uh, perpendicular to the range, sat in my driver's seat with a tripod outside and was just shooting from five to 1300. It was, you know, that's, it's a good range. I know there's been growth and interest in tripods and application of tripods and shooting, whether that is for PRS or hunting or more of what I would call the crossover of something like NRL Hunter that is competition-based, but it's not as gamified as PRS and is more applicable to hunters. There's definitely been growth. And then I think part of what, you know, my perspective is um, biased because I've paid more attention, but I just see like the use of tripods for shooting exploding in the last, call it five years. Is that, is that true? And like, what trends are you seeing? Yeah. Um, when we came out, um, all of a sudden everyone jumped on board and it has blown up. I think before that it was very, um, if you remember those big pump pillow centric, everyone had pillows everywhere to get rid of negative, negative space. And we showed the asset that a tripod could bring, um, whether it's clipping in using a bag on top, using it as rear support, 
um, it brought an additional level of uh, support where they didn't have to carry around all these bags and situate them. Um, and people have really, you know, saw it and ran with it. And there is a lot of people out there doing different courses, different type of shooting off tripods. And I think even though the the current uh, economy and um, the stats have shown that hunting is declining, I think hunting is uh, getting a lot bigger. But the people that are getting into hunting more maybe started in competition and has grown the want to hunt. And then, as you said, with those uh, hunting series uh, slash competition series like NRL Hunter, it's really getting people into both worlds. So they're taking these aspects of shooting competition, shooting super sturdy, stable, can push out longer distance. And they're like, I can take this method into the hunting world. I already have a tripod. It's a lightweight tripod, but it's still really rigid. You know, I can take this in and ensure my hit probability by, you know, however many percent that they feel. Is there's more interest, there's more people learning about shooting with tripod, more people exploring it for the first time. What misconceptions are out there about shooting a rifle with a tripod? You know, it comes down to experience and uh, practice. You're not just going to go online from any company, order a tripod, take it out of the box, go to the range, shoot standing, and be just as good as prone. It's just not going to happen. You do have to do a lot of practice. Um, if you get a really high-end tripod that reduces a lot of those harmonics, uh, your human movement, um, maybe not reduce it, but hides it. Uh, you'll see a good ability to shoot off of it and you're going to, you'll be surprised. But some people, um, we're a big word of mouth company. I don't do very much marketing at all. Um, podcasts and just going to events is word of mouth. Um, people are really excited about these products and they've practiced off of it for so long. When they talk to the next person about, Hey, which tripod do you have? And they say, I have a really right stuff tripod. I'm almost as good as it off of prone. I might as well be prone. That new person into shooting is like, Hey, I can buy this tripod and I can be as good off of prone, but they don't realize all that practice that goes into it in the background. Um, so I mean, it's not just going to happen. And then the other misconception from um, traditional hunters is a lot of people, the only reason I'm going to take a tripod out is for spotting. And it's a super hard hike, um, a super hard pack hunt, and I want to drop my weight. So I might just not take a tripod where, you know, we talked about it on the last episode. A lot of people, myself included, when when possible, especially in the snow, I'm not taking out bipods because they're not going to do anything. Yeah, I just use the tripod for that. So that's two ends of the the common misconceptions. Definitely one of the misconceptions I think I had at first is, I don't want to say misconception. I didn't have a full understanding of how versatile a tripod could be from shooting from all positions. Um, as you said, shooting prone, essentially a tripod could replace a bipod. Uh, and then obviously increasing height from there, whether you have some sort of like kneeling or sitting position all the way to standing position. So you have all these, you know, on the ground all the way up to fully standing and all types of ways in between. Um, part of the reason I didn't understand that versatility, especially as you got lower was because initially 
I was always using a tripod with a, a long center column, which when you have that center column, you simply can't get it low enough to shoot prone, for example. Um, so that was one of my own quote unquote misconceptions is just how versatile they could be. But obviously that is dictated by the type and style of tripod that you have. I'm curious to hear from you when you, so you mentioned um, you'll hear people talk about they can be just as accurate or consistent or precise in a call it a higher position, whether it's fully standing or not with a tripod as prone or maybe nearly as accurate. And then you mentioned how much you shoot off the tripod and not so much prone anymore. I'm just curious, like, I know this is a, just you, I, I just want to focus on you because we can't talk about what everyone can do. How would you rate or I don't know, like what type of yeah rating for lack of a better term or characteristic you can put on how effective you are as a shooter going from prone to call it a middle position, whether it's sitting kneeling to a fully standing position with a tripod. Can you give us an idea for you who clearly has a lot of shooting experience, a lot of experience with a tripod? How does your accuracy or consistency degrade as you go higher in position? Yeah, for sure. So in the prone, um, you settle your sights onto the target. You're no, nothing of your body is moving except for your hand, uh, maybe your elbow if you're not into a good position or your shoulders if you're uncomfortable. But you have very minimal to no wobble at all. The only thing that you're seeing is breathing. You can time your breathing cycle um, to shoot at the same time or just to wherever your reticle is at the same time, whether in, out, during the middle, it doesn't matter. Just as long as your reticle is in the same spot. But the wobble zone that you see is going to be very minimal. You might not even see it, even though it is there, depending on what magnification you're shooting at. Um, then when I go up into seated or kneeling, seated, I'm extremely stable. Um, not as stable, but I've been able to figure out positions that I enjoy to sit in that are comfortable and I can sit in an extended amount of time. Um, and, you know, I just have that wobble that I accept. I make sure that when the reticle is on my point of aim that I want to aim at, that is when I squeeze the trigger. Uh, the wobble is not, you know, very much. I just make sure the reticle is at the same point. Then when I go up to kneeling, I typically always try to sit on my feet um, when I'm kneeling just to try to get an extra point of contact to the ground. Um, if I go up to a high kneeling, I'm going to be affected by the wind, uh, the length of time that I'm in that position or how rapid I'm trying to move to the target. So my wobble that I'm accepting is going to be bigger the higher I get. Um, but again, as long as you understand the wobble, you accept it, you know it's going to be there, and you squeeze the trigger at the exact same time at the area that you have your reticle that you want your reticle to be in, um, you know, whether you're adding or taking off wind, um, you're going to get the desired results. And then that's just going to be um, exaggerated when you stand up. When you stand up, depending on how you put your legs, um, how much forward or backward um, lean or pressure you're going to place, you can increase your wobble by a lot. Those good shooters that say that they have, you know, almost good as prone, they practice an awful lot. They make sure that they are in positions. They are putting the appropriate amount of pressure into their rifle to not induce excess 
wobble or human movement. Um, they're not shooting. Maybe some of them are, but most of them are not shooting free recoil, but a good neutral position where they have some uh, rearward pressure into their shoulder from the buttstock to make sure it's in there firmly. When they shoot, uh, they can take that recoil and deal with it and come back down on target. But they have that same wobble every time. The problem that I see with people shooting and myself, when I started shooting standing up, I would put an awful lot of pressure into it to try to just, you know, pretend like I'm lifting weights and just holding onto everything as strong as possible and trying to make sure it stays still. But when you're standing up, I mean, that's not going to happen. So you just have to kind of take it easy, relax, breathe, accept your wobble and shoot. Um, from seated, you know, if, if my, if my rifle and if the cartridge I'm shooting is half minute, uh, I don't think it's going to be too much more than that with seating, you know, uh, we'll probably get it up into the three quarter. So I'd say with positions, um, I'll probably induce, you know, a quarter MOA of movement for each position I go up. So I'll either be, uh, an MOA slightly under, slightly over at standing. Um, but it also has to deal a lot with the environmental wobble. And that comes into, uh, how strong the wind is. Um, if there's a lot of mirage out there, it's going to look like you have even more wobble. So those are some of the, the aspects to think about, but that's kind of how I um, face that challenge. You mentioned a lot in there that's very helpful. I, I'd love to go back and go prone, sitting, kneeling, standing, and just talk about some of the things to think about or recommendation that you have. And again, I know you already mentioned some, but just to kind of recap and put some more structure on that for listeners. The idea of shooting prone with a tripod may be new to some of the listeners. And again, it's only going to be possible if you're using a tripod where you don't have a center column that's going to prevent you from getting the tripod low enough. If someone is used to shooting off of bags, used to shooting off their pack, used to shooting off a bipod, and now is going to try and shoot prone off of a tripod for the first time. They have a tripod that allows them to do so. What things should they be thinking through? What tips do you have? Just talk about placement, different anything that comes to mind really for shooting tips for shooting prone with a tripod. Okay. Um, so most of my rifles have a full length rail on the bottom of them. Um, if they don't, um, that typically has a section of picatinny or um, a dovetail on the end. So sometimes with my rifles, I'll be shooting from center of grab or center point of the rifle. And then sometimes I'll be shooting at the end if I'm in prone. Um, with my head, I open the locking lever to have about 50% tension. So I'm still able to pan left, right, up and down, change some cant. Because if I'm shooting prone, I'm going to try to make sure that I have that rear support. As you said, you have your backpack. Um, you might have a shooting bag with a lightweight fill. So I try to make sure that I have that rear support um, to make it as good as prone with a traditional bipod and some sort of rear rest. Um, so I like to leave the ball head open. I don't lock it down. Uh, and if it's on the end of my rifle, it's a lot harder to reach that ball head. So I don't want it to be locked down and then have to break my position when I'm trying to shoot. Um, so that's the, a key thing for me. Keep the ball head unlocked in the prone. 
uh, support the rear rear support. Yeah, good stuff. Going from prone to sitting, you mentioned finding and creating a position that you can be both stable in, but also comfortable for an extended period of time. That's certainly relevant to our audience of hunters is they may set up for this shot opportunity that's seated position. They get a tripod, they're set up, but they may go from waiting a few seconds for the animal to give a presentation to quite a long time. So talk about building a position both with your body and with the tripod that you can be both stable and comfortable in from a seated position. Okay. Yeah. So I clip the rifle in. Um, I don't really shoot off of bags all that much when I'm doing uh, hunting. Um, so I clip in, I have the rifle set up, um, the height of it pretty much where I want to. I sit down, I typically sit on my butt with my knees uh, up in the air, uh, feet flat footed. Um, I actually like to have my knees kind of canted inward so I can just rest the inside of my elbow and my biceps on the top of my uh, knees. The reason why I like to do that is if I have to shift my, my butt, my body, uh, left or right, I'm not seated, um, cross-legged. If I'm sitting cross-legged, I have to break down my whole position to move. Um, having your legs cross-legged for a long time, you can start going to sleep and start having cramps. So I just get into that knees up on my butt, um, lazy position that you sit down on the range, uh, if you have to go cold for some reason. Um, and then once I get in that position, I reach forward, grab my tripod and pull it back to me. Um, typically I have two legs to the rear. And if I have two legs to the rear, my feet, my knees can go in between those two legs that are coming towards me. Um, and that also helps with the, the recoil coming back towards me. I can make sure that it's coming back um, perpendicular to the, the orientation of the legs. So when, I'm, when the recoil is done, I can be back on target or very close to it. Great. And then going up to some sort of kneeling, I, you mentioned if preferable, you like to be in a kneeling position, but be able to have your feet underneath you versus kind of a high kneeling where you're more upright and don't have that uh, extra contact. So elaborate a bit more on that. Yeah. So if I have to go from a seated to a kneeling pretty quick, I typically just unlock the first twist lock on the top of uh, each leg and uh, just open it up one fifth length and tighten it down. Um, I start with one side. Um, I have the ball head unlocked and I just spin the tripod store me. So I never have to like reach around the tripod or reach to the front. I just let the tripod spin around the axis since the ball head's unlocked. Um, and as I said, I'm opening up one fist length at a time. Um, I just kind of, my feet are already on the ground. My knees are up in the air. So I'm just able to push that tripod slightly forward and roll to a knee. And I like, like I said, I like to sit on my foot. Um, whether that is one foot uh, sideways uh, completely underneath my butt, or if I have to get a little bit higher, I can um, bend my toes into the ground and sit on the heels of my feet. Um, that's how I move into that position. If for any reason the vegetation is too high and I have to get up a little bit higher, um, I just do the same rotation with the tripod with that same twist lock, and I just add uh, an additional fist. Uh, and that's how I measure. I make sure everything is off of fists, either one or two fists um, per leg. So it's the exact same thing every time. I don't have to worry about using paint markers on the legs because if it's snowing, if there's a lot of mud, it, that might get covered up. Um, and since 
since you open the tripod so many times and close it so many times, uh, you can scratch that off, but your fist is always going to stay the same. So I just open it up an additional fist length um, and move up to that higher position if I need to. Um, and then just settle in, rest, and get comfortable. Uh, if I am shooting a lot higher up, I'm making sure that my firing um, elbow is supported. If I'm in that middle position of kneeling, I can make sure that my firing elbow, my right elbow, can have a good solid um, contact with my right knee, my shooting knee. Um, so that's that's how I make sure that I do it. Uh, but it's going it's going to rely off of how someone's comfortable. Like I said, uh, when I'm doing the kneeling seated on my foot, I've met a lot of people that can't rotate their ankle like that. Um, or someone that has issues with their toes, they might not be able to um, dig their toes into the ground and then put all their body weight on both their heels. So it's really going to rely off of your practice. Um, before you go out hunting and you're going to shoot with a tripod, make sure you practice. Uh, I get a lot of calls with people saying, hey, I have a hunt next weekend. I know I need a tripod. What do you have in stock? What's going to fit my needs? Can I get it in time? And I'm like, yeah, I can get it to you in time. It's in stock. Um, just make sure you take it out of the bag and do a lot of dry firing with it beforehand so you understand how to use everything. I mean, it's a new new tool, and you're taking it out on this hunt that you've been waiting however long for, you know, at least at least four months, you know, from the time that you put into your tags until you receive them. And then standing. Um, you mentioned a bit about tension and how you're building that versus you know, trying to hold tension versus just accepting a bit more wobble, uh, anything else to elaborate on that specifically with tension or just any other tips for standing position shooting? Um, standing, the position I use the most is two legs um, parallel to, to my legs, two legs of the tripod parallel to my legs. Um, so two legs back. When you fire, that recoil is able to come back on the same plane and land where it used, where it was initially. Um, a lot of times when people do the one leg back and they're allowing the recoil to happen, they're not putting too much weight into it. If that tripod is slightly canted off to the right or off to the left, their reticle, when it comes back, is going to move off of there. So they're going to have to adjust the position of the tripod every time. Um, but if you're shooting uh, down, um, down angle, or up angle, uh, you might have to have that rear foot um, towards you, the rear leg towards you. Or if you're shooting, maybe you're practicing on moving targets. Um, maybe you're doing some sort of uh, pig shooting or predator shooting, um, and they are a lot of moving targets. You have to make sure that you can see your impacts. You can follow it up really fast. Um, I know a lot of people, myself included, um, put one uh, leg rear, and they put a lot of pressure into that rear leg so it cannot move. That's going to create a lot of wobble, like I was talking about. Um, but you have to understand and know what that wobble looks like so you can squeeze the reticle at the same time. Um, but the biggest for precise, accurate shots, um, two legs um, parallel to your legs, slight word pressure, slight rear pressure in your shoulder, make sure it's in there firm. You know, you don't have any negative space that recoil is going to take before it hits you in the shoulder. Have that firm grip on it. You know, it's a it's a weapon system. You want to make sure you have that grip on it. Um, typically, I like to have my hand, my non-firing hand, on the top of the ball. So 
So if I have to unlock the ball, I can just use my my um, my three fingers on my left hand, uh, open it up. Sorry, my three fingers on my left hand that aren't touching the the chassis. Uh, typically, my index finger and my uh, thumb are wrapped around the top of the clamp, and then the three remaining fingers, I'm able to just open up that paddle and move around. But I like to have my hand there. It's a good neutral position. It's useful there, um, and it doesn't add excess movement. So that's what I do for tripods. But you know, as as you talked about with PRS and NRL, all the trainers out there, everyone is going to have a different way to do it. And if you get out there and practice, you're going to find a way that does it for you. Don't just take one person's method because they might be shooting in a, a way that is different than how you are going to shoot. So in terms of practice and figuring out that the way, at least the way for you, is that, I mean, how do you assess that? How does one gauge, hey, this change, this type of setup is better for me than X? Is it just getting a feel for how much wobble you have, how stable you feel, how long you can remain under control in that position um, and assessing that even potentially without live fire? Um, just doing dry fire and different types of setups and um, positions in that regard and, you know, just changing things. Is that the best way to do it? Yeah. If you don't have um, the bullets available to just practice with actual firing, um, get into positions, um, go out to your range or go into your garage, um, dial down the magnification, find an aim point um, and just do some dry fires and make sure that you get into a comfortable position first. The very first thing you do before you even bring the tripod or the rifle to you, just make sure you're in a comfortable position that you think that you can sit in for a long time. If you sit down and right off the bat, um, you're, um, you feel a pain someplace, you should not practice to shoot in that position. You shouldn't accept that position. Um, if you do have ammo, um, if you reload or whatever, if you have the ammo, um, I would go out to the range. I like to have, um, three rows or three columns of targets and just have one for seated or one for prone, one for seated, one for kneeling, one for standing. Um, and just have a whole bunch of targets and try different things and see the results on paper. The easiest way to see results is on paper. Um, and you know, you have a plan of what you're going to do before you go out there and use that paper, go out there, give it a whirl and let the results speak for himself. Um, try to put a lot of pressure into it. Try to pull rearwards, try to be comfortable, try to put one leg back, uh, two legs back. You know, like I said, everyone's going to have a different style. Everyone's body type is slightly different. So just go out there and practice. The best thing I like to do is shooting. Um, but you can do it with dry firing. You're just going to have to be very, you're just going to have to understand um, and pay attention to what your wobble is looking like from position to position. Uh, Cause if you can't afterwards go down and look at the paper, you're going to have to rely off of what you remember, uh, which, you know, it's harder to do. Um, and then try to do it on a day where the atmosphere, the environmentals are good for you. Um, if you do it on a day with heavy mirage, if you do it on a day that's super heavy, you're going to have a lot of other factors. If you have a, um, a 25 yard or a hundred yard indoor range, 
uh, that's going to remove all of those factors. So you might have the ability to do that. Uh, and you can do this with a 22. You can do this with anything. You know, if you have an AR that's a nine mil that you like to do, you can, you're going to see it. What depending on not mattering what caliber you're using or what gun you're going to use when you're putting on a rifle, a tripod system, and you get into these different uh, positions, you're going to see differences from position to position uh, in trying uh, different ways to sit down, different ways to put the tripod, um, different ways to pull the pressure into your shoulder. So, you know, long story short, just a lot of practice and try different iterations of the same practice type. This obviously ties like with what you just said of how much pressure um, you like. And it's also a factor of uh, what style of tripod you're shooting and how tall it can go. But in general, I've witnessed and experimented a bit myself with when shooting from a standing position, essentially how upright are you versus how much are you leaning forward potentially into the tripod? And again, that could be affected of if I'm shooting a tripod that doesn't get high enough for me to be upright, I am going to have to essentially bring my body down, bring my shoulder down to get in line with the rifle. Um, but let's say we had a tripod that could adjust to any position and I could be fully upright if I wanted to slightly leaning more aggressively leaning into the tripod, et cetera. Are there more objective pros and cons to that? Or is it a matter of what feels best to you? And as we just talked about what ultimately allows you to perform best downrange? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of combinations. Um, someone that shoots a lot of pistol, uh, they're naturally going to set up behind a rifle and probably curl their toes forward, which puts a lot of weight forward, um, which helps with that recoil uh, mitigation. Um, so if they were to curl those toes forward, they're already putting a slight amount of lean forward without leaning from their hips. Um, so if you were to curl your toes forward to get your balance slightly um, offset forward, and um, you were to put a little bit of angle into your hips, um, you're going to be at a better, in my opinion, you're going to be a, at a better advantage at, uh, than just someone doing slightly forward lean at the hips. Um, me personally, when I'm shooting uh, long range, I, I do just a slight amount of uh, forward lean on my hips. It's nothing exaggerated. It's just nice and comfortable down. I want to be in that position for a long time. I don't want to have to stand up and rub my lower back because I've been bending over for so long. I don't want to shoot and constantly have the rifle beating me back off uh, balance. So I just want to find that good balance position. One thing that you shared so much good information in there, but one big picture thing I want to make sure we call out that I think is an easy mistake to make is you talked about getting yourself in a comfortable position first and then setting up the tripod. And in the past, I have certainly gone backwards with that and anticipated here's the type of shot that I'm going to make or in a real situation and hunting or even in the field practicing shooting steel from field positions, essentially getting the tripod set up and getting the rifle kind of a bit on target first. And then me getting behind that rifle and setting up my body position afterwards. Whereas you talked about get yourself in a comfortable position first, obviously anticipating is this going to be prone, kneeling, sitting, standing, et cetera, but get your body in a comfortable position first and then set up the tripod and the rifle accordingly. So that alone is just a very fundamental 
big picture takeaway um, if people aren't already doing that. But when it comes to that, you anticipate, let's say, a seated shot slightly uphill. You get yourself in a comfortable position. This may sound very elementary, but talk about deploying the tripod. What are some of the first things you're doing? How are you going about setting height? What is, yeah, just as as detailed as you can, just for that one example, step-by-step of lower legs or upper legs and, you know, all that thing, um, all the things that you go through as much as you can. I'm sure you do this like by nature now and maybe even can't explain or think through every detail, but I would just love to have almost a step-by-step single example if you can just to give listeners a a mental picture for what that deployment looks like yeah no problem um so i'll just i'll just use the example of my last hunt um i walked to the position that i identified ahead of time that i was going to um set up and glass the area i took off my pack and i leaned it up against the bush that was on the left side and my rifle was still attached to the pack i took the i sat down on the ground nice and comfortable um felt to see what it what it felt like I realized I needed to move a little bit of snow, um, get some of the snow off the ground, get myself a nice warm spot or not a completely wet spot to sit on. Um, sat down again, nice and comfortable, pulled out my little um, chair, my rolled up chair off the bottom of the pack, sat down, made sure, okay, this is my spot. This is where I'm going to shoot from. This is where I'm going to glass from. I unclipped the tripod off the left side of my pack. I set it up in front of me. Um, I know where the top of the head needs to be um, in position to where I'm going to put my rifle. So I set it up right around the the bottom to top, uh, bottom to mid portion of my sternum. Uh, that's where the top of the head, the very top of the head was. Um, I opened it up, want to make sure it was super stable. Um, no legs are going to sink into the snow on this side or this side. I put a lot of weight into it. I, I shook it a little bit to make sure it didn't dip into the snow anymore. Um, then I took my rifle out. I unclipped it from the right side of my pack. I set it up to the, put it up on top of the tripod, um, clipped it in, uh, looked through it, opened up the caps, made sure nothing was fog or anything like that. All good. Everything was going great off of my checklist. Um, that position felt good. I took the rifle back off. I leaned it against my pack. Then I took out the new pan tilt head that I was using and testing during that um, time frame and attached it to the top of the anvil which added about four inches, three and a half inches, and attached my binos to that and made sure that I was comfortable in that position so I could go from binos to shooting position without touching the tripod at all. And I was like, okay, that works completely fine. And that's, you know, that's how I set it up. You know, I, first thing first, I got comfortable, made sure my shooting position was not hasty. I wanted to be comfortable. I was, you know, I just set that up at five in the morning I want to be there until 5 p.m. if I have to. This is a spot that I want to sit all day because this is the best spot, period. So I wanted to be comfortable. So I set that up, and then I had the tripod, made sure nothing could go wrong with that setup in my shoot, my shooting position. I mean, the shot's going to be the most most important part of that hunting experience. Uh, if I If I whiff it, I mean, everything is messed up. So I have that, like I said, around the mid to lower part of my sternum um, because I am leaning a little bit more into it. Um, Just in that position, that was the most comfortable for long term. 
And then I added that um, additional height on that I needed um, by the use of the pan tilt head, the PT Scout, um, for my binos, because I was just using binos on that time. But that's like kind of my shot process or setup process. And it's going to be exaggerated or sped through a lot if I'm just shooting at the range or if I'm doing competition, whether it's any competition, um, a hunter type position, a field match, anything. I'm going to sit down, make sure the tripod is good and set up for my seated heights. I'm either going to put some sort of bag or head on top and then my binos go on top of that. So once I identify where my targets are, I get the ranges, I can take the bag off, take the bino off and throw the tripod on. And I don't have to change the height of the tripod in order to start shooting. I don't want to add more time into my process. Great stuff. Thank you for the detail. That was exactly kind of a rundown that I was hoping for. So that was very helpful. Thank you. No problem. So let me delay two scenarios. We we need to get a tripod to a certain position. Um, you could have... Um, you could have a narrower base, which means the legs are going to be less extended to achieve that specific height, or you could extend the legs out at a, a greater angle of deployment. And then obviously the legs would need to be theoretically more extended uh, to reach the same height. Is it a balance choosing between those two? Obviously the wider the stance in general, the more stable it's going to be. Should hunters always go, you know, let's say again, a seated, seated or kneeling position. Should I just always get these legs as wide as possible while still providing myself enough clearance to essentially be potentially seated or kneeling essentially under the tripod a bit, or just help us think through that, like the angle of leg deployment, how that relates to position and stability um, and what is, you know, I don't want to say right, but what is a, a good way to think through that? So our tripods have three angles on them. You can uh, deal with the top of the tripod and just open up the the pull tabs, which open up the angles uh, into the prone, the middle position, or that first neutral position that you open it up to. Um, I typically, when I'm seated, um, kneeling or standard, I typically almost always use that first position, the neutral position, what you open it up to um, from your pack. You don't have to deal with any um, pull tabs or anything. If I am seated for an awful long time and I am looking downhill, um, a lot of times I will open it up into the second position, which creates a lot more um, opening underneath the tripod. Um, because I might have to move around a lot and I don't want to move the tripod. Um, but man, that's a, that's a tough one. It's me personally. I barely use the second positions, um, unless there's some obstruction or a weird, a weird position that I've gotten myself into. Um, you know, a lot of people use that second angle or even the third angle position when they're shooting uh, uphill uh, at a high angle because they're able to use that leg rearward and put um, support on it underneath their knee or uh, underneath their um, underneath their armpit. So basically they're shooting from the prone resting on the tripod, putting a lot more force into it, making it so it cannot move. Um, man, that's a, that's really 
scenario based. Um, personally, I almost always go to the first neutral position. Um, the the main thing is when I go to standing, I'm almost always in that first neutral position. If I have to go quickly to kneeling or seated, I open up that first leg. I don't mess with the heights or anything. I open up that first leg all the way into the third position, which would allow the whole tripod to go prone if you did it to all three legs. And I just take the head all the way down to that seated or kneeling position. Um, if it's still a little bit too high, I'll just um, close up or uh, collapse one leg slightly. Um, and that'll help me get into that kneeling or seated position really fast. If I have to go into the prone from there, I'll take the other two legs and drop them into that third angle position. Um, but really, you know, scenario-based and time-based is when I'm going to have to use those. Um, and then just the last point that you said, you can get to a point where being wide is um, not as good. Um, so let's say that you extended a tripod that could go up seven foot. Just theoretically, a tripod that goes seven foot. I don't think we we don't have one. Um, you opened up all three legs into that third position. So basically, you're like two inches off the ground, but your points of contact are seven feet to either side. So you kind of have more of like a trampoline aspect. So you have to you have to watch out for that a little bit. I did want to. You you've mentioned it a couple times. And I want to ask specifically for. Any tips, suggestions, thoughts on shooting at angles, either up or down? Uh, feel free to separate those of some advice for shooting up versus down. Um, part of where my head goes with this is less to do with the tripod itself, but something I realized as I started to shoot off of a tripod was what you mentioned prior about having a full-length arcer rail. Um, I didn't realize how um, how limited it could be to have just a single arca attachment like say a center position in front of the magwell for example um when shooting at up or down angles um so that's one thing that was a huge takeaway for me early on but anything else on shooting up or downhill from a tripod yeah so if you're shooting downhill uh understand if you are attaching to the mid portion or the front the muzzle end of your rifle um your buttstock is going to be a lot higher than the tripod um, so you're going to want to set up the tripod a lot shorter than you think you're going to need to, um, because you are mounting via middle or at the end. And then the opposite, if you're shooting uphill, the tripod's going to have to be set up a lot higher than you think, because especially if you mount towards the muzzle end, you know, your buttstock is going to be halfway down that tripod, depending on your angle, of course. Um, so when it comes to tripod selection, and someone says, I want the most lightweight, portable one there is. And then I ask them, are you going to be shooting in the mountains or are you going to be completely flat land? Um, and they tell me mountains. I, I typically push them into the L model. Um, not because the overall height is completely long, but each section is longer. So if you compare just for scenario, um, our 34 to our 34L before you open up any of the leg sections, that first section on the 34L is gonna be about two inches longer than the 34. So automatically you're gaining two inches right there. Um, but it's only two inches uh, longer in your pack, but it gives you 11 inches overall additional. 
So I typically push them to the L in that scenario. Um, but yeah, main, that's my main thing. When people talk about shooting angles, they don't realize the capability of the tripod and where they're mounting it. Um, that's something that I learned uh, when I went to uh, Idaho and did a training there. Um, and it's the buttstock was halfway down the, the tripod. And I was like, I need a much taller tripod because I took one of those lightweight compact ones because I was expecting to be humping it everywhere. What are some examples of unconventional ways to use a tripod for rifle shooting? So, you know, we've talked pretty much this whole conversation about clamping in a rifle to a tripod head and shooting with the tripod as just front support. But you could use a tripod for ways to support yourself, not necessarily the rifle, for example. Um, can you talk about some of the, and this is probably gonna be a little bit hard to explain on the podcast with no visuals, but just to give people some ideas to think through or begin to uh, consider some of the ways to use a tripod in an unconventional way with a rifle. For sure. Um, like I was, well, like I was telling you, when I uh, sat down into that position, I made sure it was good for my rifle. And then I threw my um, my pan tilt head on top to gain that, that height. Um, a lot of shooters, they don't have that additional head to throw on top. Something lightweight, you know, that adds that height. Or they don't have a center column to add that height. So if they had to add height, they would have to you, extend the tripod. But they want to do it extremely fast. So they can throw a bag on top. So a lot of shooting lately, people have been throwing um, a lightweight bag on top, which will add a little bit of height because um, you can, you know, depending on the shape of the, the, the bag, you can turn it sideways, which will, you know, add five inches. You can turn it uh, horizontal, which will only add two inches. Um, so that's a different uh, method that you have to practice shooting, shooting off a bag, not clipped in. Um, you won't be able to let go of your rifle like you can clipped in. And then another way is let's say that you are, you're on a cliff. And you're just shooting um, from from ridge to ridge, but all of a sudden you see something um, below you uh, in a creek bed. So you have to raise up that buttstock, you know, a foot because you have an extreme angle down. And now you're speeded up, bipods on the ground, and there's nothing between you and the rifle. It's just your shoulder holding it. You could just pull your tripod over to you wrap your firing arm around it and um, pinch the buttstock to the rifle and just slide up and down that leg um, to get elevation. And that's going to be supporting the front and the back of your rifle. And that's in a scenario that you already had a tripod set up glassing. You were planning on taking a, um, a shot prone in a bipod, but you went to your rifle, you saw something, and then you can just change that position real fast. You can use that um, tripod for rear support. Um, when I was telling you about extreme angles, um, if you guys follow our social media, um, RSOR on Instagram um, or uh, Hat Creek Training, you'll see in all the, the images from them, everything they do is unconventional with uh, angles. That's um, with two of those front legs um, as tall as it possibly can. And then that third leg in that prone position that creates like a ramp up in the air. 
the buttstock is basically in line with that rear leg coming back. So it's pointed at like a 30 degrees and whether they're shooting kneeling, they can, they can throw their leg over it and pinch that rearward leg uh, underneath their, the knee. Um, or if the, the front legs are a little bit lower and they're shooting prone, they can actually put a bag or their armpit over top of that rear leg and kind of use that leg as a, they're making it an extremely stable support because they're basically loading it down with a concrete bag that's made of your body. So there's, you know, you, you brought this podcast up, this episode talking about so many different ways to use it. Why are people using it so many, so much more now and in so many different ways? I mean, people have just become extremely creative. Companies are coming up with super creative um, ways to solve all the problems that we've all always had but we've been too stubborn to change. So I see that's how the direction that we're going. You've mentioned a couple of times uh, a lightweight head that you were using for your optics. And I know when we first spoke in the first podcast, this was uh, something you were tested, but couldn't quite talk about, <laughs> but it has been recent or recently released. Uh, can you tell us about this new lightweight head that you've been mentioning? Yeah, it's called the PT Scout. Um, PT stands for pan tilt. We've never had a pan tilt. Um, the first head we came out with was the anvil and that was a firearm specific. And throughout the years, people have been like, man, this is awesome to shoot off of. But 90% of the time I am glassing. Is there something I can add? And we went through the first iteration of just adding some sort of like panning to the top of it with some additional clamp but they were still having to change the elevation with the anvil. So we started designing this pan tilt scout, the PT scout about um, three years ago, had a lot of people testing it, uh, a lot of people testing it, went through a couple of iterations. And then I recently went out hunting and then I sent uh, a couple of you guys um, trials to try out. And, you know, the current version we just launched um, last week, the PT scout, um, it is, pan tilt with the heaviest clamp we have that does both Arca Swiss style plates and Picatinny uh, comes in at nine and a half ounces. Um, it is without the handle on it. If you were to hold it in your fist, you could close your fist around it. It can, you can thread it onto the top of a tripod. Um, in that scenario, you'd have to level the tripod using the legs. So it would work for like, if you're doing a lot of scouting before the, before the season starts, um, you could use that because you don't have to worry about leveling the legs as much just using optics. Um, or since the bottom of it has a uh, bi-dovetail, bi-directional dovetail, which just means an inch and a half inch, half a one and a half inch square, um, you can clamp it into the anvil or any other ball head or leveling base. Um, the handle um, has a nut on the end of it that you can unscrew and you, actually, you can actually extend it three inches. Uh, we haven't seen very many options out there where you have an extendable handle. Um, and then a lot of uh, you guys that have been taking it out on hunts a lot lately, they were worried, you know, we love the handle, um, but we're worried that it'll come out when, you know, you never know what's going to happen, what's going to rub against it. So we just, um, we just did some fun little uh, design work on it to make it so, it cannot come out on accident. So any of you guys just uh, bought it recently or going to buy it, when you thread the handle into it, you thread the handle in 
and then all of a sudden the handle becomes wobbly. You have to line it up again with the next set of threads to screw it in. Um, and once it's in there, it's in there. If for any reason you accidentally were to unable to, uh, sorry, if you were able to unscrew it while hiking, uh, there's no way that outside um, a tree is going to be able to pull it rearward and find the threads and start unscrewing it in the amount of time it takes to walk through some, some bushes. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's an exciting little, little piece. Um, you can buy it without the clamp on top. If you have some sort of arm 17 S clamp that you like, um, you can buy it with our screw knob, the BTC pro. The reason why a lot of people are buying the BTC pro version, uh, is if they're using, um, a lot of different rails from different companies, you don't want to have to, adjust the clamp over and over and over again to fit different standards. Um, if you're using all rails from us, um, rails from most of the U.S. companies, they're probably to our standard. But when you start getting stuff off of Amazon and all that stuff, um, if you go from your rifle to Picatinny to your binocular mount and you've got all these things from Amazon, U.S. company, foreign company, they're probably all going to be slightly different. So the PT Scout would allow you to um to mount onto all those without having to worry about the different standards. And the SC arc is that lever release. If you're using all of our rails or um, US companies that use our specs, it's just a lever release to throw it on. But that goes from 5.8 ounces all the way up to nine and a half ounces. But yeah, it's a cool little thing, um, competitive in the market with pricing um, and extremely competitive with the weight. So we're, we're excited for it. I think people are gonna um, I'm excited to see reviews start popping out about it. Yeah, no, it's uh, I played with one, not the final production version, but uh, one you just sent me to check out, and it is a cool little head for sure. I, I think you know, there's so much versatility in it, like you mentioned, of whether you want to run it standalone directly on a tripod, if you want to use it more in the scenario that you mentioned earlier when you broke down that hunt of essentially putting it clamping it into like a, a shooting head, for example, and now you create a pan tilt for your optics specifically um, without, you know, too much of a weight penalty. Um, there's just a lot of versatility in it. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Excited to see how guys are using it and what their feedback is, but uh, I certainly enjoyed checking it out myself. Good. Um, like I said, we're excited for it. Um, we designed it to be small enough to fit in your hand, but I really like the size of it, where it came out, you can clamp it into the anvil. And since I don't run a center column very often, it adds that minimum height that I need to go to optics. So that's, you know, that's a win for me. Let's wrap up with a final question that is uh, admittedly quite selfish of me. I've been using my tripod a lot the last couple of years and taking it all over the place. And I've used it hard in a lot of different environments uh, and conditions and have not really done anything to take care of it <laughs> in terms of like cleaning or maintenance or what have you. So what, what should I be doing? What tips do you have? What is some kind of common maintenance maybe to do after hunting season or, you know, leading into hunting season in terms of just cleaning and maintenance and care, anything under that umbrella for a tripod like yours? Okay. Um, the easiest thing for you guys to do is um our photography website or excuse me the photography youtube page really right stuff um 
since 2016, they've had multiple different uh, videos on how to clean the tripod. So if you guys want to do step-by-step, like full on how we break it down, how we clean it, how we add grease to it, all that, that's there. Again, that's the Really Right Stuff YouTube page. Um, I don't really have any cleaning stuff on the Really Right Stuff SOAR YouTube page. Um, but myself, uh, I typically, you know, after the Night Force ELR match, I just shot that a couple of weeks ago. It was super rainy, super muddy. I came home, um, just went to the bench, unscrewed all the twist locks, um, pulled out the legs, made sure I didn't drop the anti-twist leaves, pulled out all the legs, pulled out all the sections, just gave them a good wipe down, um, went outside, took a hose, uh, hose down the whole thing inside, outside, um, put an air, the air compressor I have in there to just get out all the air and just let it, just let it dry. Um, put on a little bit of uh, synthetic grease on the, the threads and just put the whole tripod back together. Um, the anvil head, I don't clean all that often. It doesn't really need it too much. Um, but once a year, I probably take apart the anvil. Uh, there's just a screw underneath. Um, there's two screws on the top of the lever. Uh, when you take those out, um, the handle kind of becomes a socket wrench. You just unscrew it and the anvil comes apart like a clamshell. I just wipe down the ball, wipe down the locking rings that attach to the ball, um, and then put it back together. And yeah, main thing I do is wipe down with a rag, um, make sure the, the threads and the inside of the legs are clean. And it's, it's pretty easy. We very rarely get tripods sent in because there was issues with them being dirty. Um, the biggest thing about maintenance is if you are practicing on a tripod a lot, um, be it competition or if you're an extreme hunter that just wants to practice over and over again, and you're, I doubt it with the hunting, but if you are opening the tripod over and over and over again, and you're trying to do it under the clock as fast as you can open it, and you're smacking those legs um, to their extreme open position over and over and over again. You hear it. It's like metal on plastic noise, like extremely loud because you're smacking as hard as you can. Um, those anti-twist leaves inside are plastic. You are smacking it on metal over and over and over again. So you can deform. It's a, it's just a plastic wear piece. Um, after a couple of years or so, um, or, you know, half a year, if you're extreme, you might have to buy another $2, um, uh, section of that anti-twist leaf. Um, if you open your tripod quickly and it feels like it's sticking, um, or if you, in an extreme, uh, you pull the tripod so hard that it pulls the leg out, you need a new anti-twist leaf. And like I said, they're $2. There's a whole bunch of different sizes. It's on the website under the tripod accessories. If you don't know what size you need, um, just give me a call. I think I have my phone number in the last one, but it's 385 two, four, eight, zero, eight, zero, zero is my direct number. Um, and I can find those for you. Um, but yeah, as far as maintenance, treat it like you treat your rifle or any other gear. You don't want it to fail. Just wipe it down. Um, if you want the twist locks to be nice and smooth, put a little bit, just put a dab of grease and then screw the twist lock back on and the threads are going to re-grease themselves. Um, the feet, I lock tight my feet on. I never change between rock claws and the rubber. I never use the spikes. Um, so I just lock tight the, the rubber feet on so I never lose them. Um, yeah, long story short, wiping it down, 
um, just after just after a match or after a hunting. Got it. Simple enough. Appreciate it. Any, uh, I know we recapped and like shared all the resources to check things out. You just shared, uh, your contact and things like that, but just to recap for anyone who's interested or has questions or just wants to learn more, what's the best places to go check things out? Um, we have an Instagram page that's called RRS or, uh, please go to it and tell your friends about it. We recently got to a point where we're not allowed to share stuff anymore because, because the powers that be said, you're not allowed to share stuff anymore. Um, not within our company, obviously. Um, then our Facebook page is really right stuff. Soar for that maintenance stuff. We have a YouTube page. That's really right stuff. Um, my phone number three, eight, five, two, four, eight, zero, eight, zero, zero. Um, we have the website is rssoar.com. Um, we are on, I am on Sniperside um, forum. Um, I watch on rock slide every once in a while. Um, really, I just like to talk to you guys on the phone. I appreciate that more than anything. If you give me a call and you have any questions about the stuff, you're going to hear it from me. You're going to hear it from the source. If I tell you something wrong, it's going to be, it's going to be covered by the warranty or a stupid mistake that Michael made. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the best part of buying from a U.S. made company is being able to talk to someone on the other end that actually loves the hobby that you do. Um, but if you don't get me, I'm Ryan and myself are the only ones on the phones for 108 countries. So please leave a message. Um, besides that, I mean, we're pretty easy to get in contact with uh, if we're not on the phone or out at an event. I, I just appreciate that so much. I mean, that's what we do, obviously, with XO is just love being able to interact with our customers directly and uh thank you for doing it because this is a a potentially big topic you know when it comes to investing in a tripod or understanding all the different models and options and the nuances of what may be best for a particular individual with their goals and how they're shooting and what type of terrain they're in etc there's there's certainly a lot to explore so thank you for being so available to answer those questions i know i've benefited from it personally no man i i love it like i i i don't own the company but i started the sword division and i i feel like it's my baby I want to take care of it. When someone talks negative about the co- the company because they couldn't get a hold of me or they say, a, you know, customer service rep, but it's me. You know, I take that personally. When someone on Sniper side talks negative, like, you know, it's it's going to happen. That's how people are. Um, but I do take it personally. Like, I love it. I live it. I was just out shooting, like I said, the other day, um, shooting the Night Force ELR match the other weekend, had a lot of fun and met a lot of customers. And I mean, I, I love it. So. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here. Um, I hope that uh, we get a lot closer and talk more about hunting. And I, I just want to dive into the subject. Like I'm still, I'm still a novice. I want to, I want to figure this out. Unfortunately, I didn't draw for any of the tags I put in for two states this year. So that's fun. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about your name plans. Let's uh, we'll wrap this up and chat about that. Thanks again, Michael, for the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. You have a great one. Well, that's a wrap on today's conversation. Thanks again to Michael for joining us and also just being such an available resource uh, to shooters and hunters when it comes to tripods. 
again, if this is something new to you guys, be sure to try it, man. Like it, it takes practice and technique, but once you get it down, shooting with a tripod really does open up some new opportunities that can really help you in the field, especially if you're already carrying a tripod for say your binos or spotting scope. If you're rifle hunting, it's a whole new tool to have at your disposal, but it does take some practice to understand how to use it effectively. So I encourage you guys to do that. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, send an email to podcast at exomountaingear.com or look for the link in the show description that says leave us a message. And you can use whatever device you're on right now to leave us an audio message that we can answer on a future Monday Minute episode, which are our Q&A episodes. Again, do that. We'd love to hear from you guys. Also hit subscribe or follow in your podcast app if you haven't done that already so that you receive future episodes automatically. And we'll talk to you soon.